Hey, welcome back to the Big Red Zone. We are very excited for today's show. Remember, new episodes come out every Thursday. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Big Red Zone, as well as TikTok at Big Red Zone. Also, please tell a friend. This week, big Celtics weekend for the uh, moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll break down the last three games of the series, look ahead to the next round. We'll look around the NBA and look at the other playoff series, how they shook up. Uh, big surprises coming in on Sunday as well. Sox, a little bit better. This They get their first win, uh, series win of the season, but we'll talk a little bit about that, as well as a tough day for the Bruins uh, losing in Game 7. All that and more in this week's episode of the Big Red Zone. Welcome to the podcast. This is the Big Red Zone. I'm your host, Big Red. As always, I'm joined by Danny Football. How are we doing, Big Red? Doing all right. Doing all right. I uh, had a little slight, I was telling you before, a little slight injury uh, today, uh, end of the season. So, you know, big, you know, big game to move on in the playoffs. Uh, practically shattered my thumb. But you know what? We played through it. We said, give me the ball next time. Podcasting through the pain. First possession of the game. So I played the rest of the game. You know what I mean? You get some buckets with a busted up thumb in your shooting hand. No biggie. Uh, we just battled through. Um, had some, uh, had a big day too today at work. They had a, they're having a, it's for a fundraiser for the, uh, one of the classes at the school. Uh, one of the, like, I think it's the sophomore class. We had a cornhole tournament. Wow. Made, okay. Uh, made another teacher dominated in the first round. Love to hear that. And what happened in the second round? It uh, haven't happened yet. We, oh, okay. Uh, we okay, made, okay. It, made it to the uh, made it through to another day. We live to see another day. So um, surviving events. Good day, but you know what? Now this I didn't even think about it. this injury is going to throw. It's on my throwing hand. This could be this could be a uh, you know catastrophic injury in the game of cornhole. You know what I mean? Uh, I, don't, I don't frequent a cornhole enough, but my prayers are with you, dude. Yeah, you know, it's it's on my it's on my throwing tossing hand, so it's like, you know, what I mean, gripping the uh, gripping the old uh, beanbag, trying to give it a little time, makes it a little tough, you know, with the toss. I'm gonna have to do a lot of open palm uh, strategy, which is a little tough. Um, we'll have to make adjustments, but you know what, we we battle through. We battle don't through. No. No excuses. We gotta no excuses. just there we just gotta go. battle through. You know what I mean? Sure do. But everyone wants to hear about the Boston Celtics. Unbelievable. I don't even want to call it a comeback, but unbelievable win of the series. Um, let's because last time we talked, it was tied four four. We were home. We said they were probably gonna win this game at home. And for three and a half quarters, they dominated. I thought they they controlled the game, and then an absolute collapse at the end of that game five, inexcusable. Um, which I, I don't know if you really want to touch on that too much, uh, and or just look at the positive stuff. But from what I from what I took away from that, you know, Celtics teams of old probably would have folded and lost in game six. This team rallied played a tough, hard-fought game six win um, and then just absolutely rolled um, in game seven. So uh, 
it's nice to see the, I think you're finally seeing the maturity coming to fruition of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's leadership on the team. Uh, Cause you know, from what was once a team that just gave in on the fourth quarter, had a terrible third or fourth quarter, uh, you know, shut down or you lose a big game and then it's, you can't gain the momentum back. They totally just said, all right, this, you know, it's our bad. Let's go get a win in Milwaukee. And they did. And they dominated in game six, uh, seven. So I, I, that's something I'm happy to see the, um, the ability to deal with adversity with this team, which is something that we both questioned, um, you know, within the last couple of years of this team. Yeah. I think something that shouldn't be overlooked is the fact that you essentially choke away that game five, you're in your own building chance to go up three, two heading back to Milwaukee and just a utter collapse confidence is shot. You're going back to Milwaukee down three, two rather than up three, two. Not that, you know, it's, it was an impossible test. They had already won in Milwaukee, um, but like you said, Celtics of old, that's a backbreaker. But this team is different, man. They go out into Milwaukee. They win that. They take that game six right from them, come back to the Gardens for game seven. Gar- Garden was going crazy for him. Peyton Pritchard played the game of his life. Grant Williams was on top of his shit. And... Giannis finally ran out of gas, man. They they just beat them into submission. Big win in game seven. Um, and now it's on to Miami. So we get a day rest, but right back at it tomorrow. He did look like he was out of – because he was missing bunnies at the end of that game. Yeah. He just looked like he ran out of gas. Um, I wonder how much of a difference do you think Chris Middleton would have made in the series? I know it's a big what if like it's, it's easy to say what if here but i mean talk- we didn't have rob williams so i think it's kind of a wash i think if we were both healthy this still goes seven and i think we still win it yeah i agree i think we still win it in seven um but the way i look at it is that you had grayson allen on the floor instead of chris middleton and grayson allen basically he had one more point than I did yesterday. <laughs> so um, he was basically useless on the, on the floor. Uh, Chris Middleton, you know, extends, uh, he was the closer in those games and they really didn't have a, cl- uh, in the finals run last year, they really didn't have a closer like this series. They put it all on Giannis and, you know, only one of those games, I think they, they really won. I think the two win, two of the three wins was just choked or, losses that were totally on us like the game five is inexcusable and you lost that like we just totally choked that one away and game three to be honest with you was a choke away too i i they no 100 we could have easily won this in four you should have been you should have well i i think you should have won it in five because it was like the first game they dominated you that you came out flat what are you going to do but game five uh game four uh no was it game three and game five you just totally fumbled the bag and you had control of the game and then you just gave it up. So, um, but as I said, resiliency, you know, leave it behind you, move on to the next one. And they did that. Um, I just want to talk before we move on to Miami, let's talk about Grant Williams for a second, set a record in uh, most three point attempts, led the team in scoring for the first time at a career high in points. I mean, first of all, how big was Grant Williams in that game seven? 
And two, like, what about a, a like a mid game adjustment? Are you gonna make? When are you gonna make a mid game adjustment to start guarding this guy from three point land? Oh, was that a question? Uh, I thought you were just asking a rhetorical No, I, I said how how big was Grant Williams? First, like how big was Grant Williams in Game Seven? And then I was like, it, I mean, it kind of is a rhetorical question because they never did anything. But like, if I'm coaching the Bucks and this guy has 27 points on me, I and he's a role player, I may want to think about changing my defensive strategy against this guy. Besides just having Brooke Lopez camp in the paint and not play defense on the guy that's torching you right now. Well, it was kind of our defense on Giannis. We were letting Giannis take wide open threes and we never, we only started closing him out every so often, but I mean, Grant, I'll say it every time the role players stepped up. Peyton Pritchard had a big game seven. Grant Williams was nails the entire series defensively and offensively. And then you have Al Horford, 35 years old, playing the game of his life in game uh, four, putting 30 points in or game five, putting 30 points in. You needed these guys to step up because we Jason Jason Tatum wasn't there the first couple of games. You needed those guys to step up, and then Jason Tatum turns into Jason Tatum, and all of a sudden you're beating them by thirty points. So, if these role players can keep producing, this Miami series is there for the taking. The whole the whole reason we cruised in 08 against the Lakers and the Pistons and the Cavs was we had a deep bench and everyone was contributing. The Eddie Houses, the James Poseys, everyone had their role, and I feel like this team is. Maybe not as good as that 08 team, but definitely we're getting contributions from the players that we need to be getting contributions from. And if Rob Williams is truly back, no limit, no minute restrictions, this is gonna be this is gonna be a good series, man. I agree. And I, I it's gonna be interesting to see the difference in play. Cause right now, like you knew in this going into series, Giannis was a guy. They had to contain, and they really didn't have many shooters. This next series, they have shooters. you got to play out on the shooters, which I kind of think matches up better for us, to be honest with you. I think we have a lot of great on-ball defenders. Marcus Smart, great on-ball defender. Derek White, with a guy his size, a great on-ball defender. Grant Williams, great on-ball defender. Jalen Brown, pretty good on-ball defender. Like, we have a lot of guys that can guard the perimeter, which is good. We just can't get lax on the guys on the shooters. Uh, but really, they don't have, beside Bam, there's really no other size on that team. And, you know, we want, like we talked about it, we wanted the 76ers because we won the home court. We lose the home court. It's going to be important to win one of those first two. Get home court back on your side and try to pull up, try to, try to get this series to go through Boston again. Um, yeah, I'm looking at their – I think uh, Miami definitely has a deeper team. Uh, not Sorry, not deeper from the Celtics. I think – I was looking at it with the 76ers. I think Miami has a deep team, but there's no one that scares me like a Kevin Durant or a Giannis. Uh, like, no, like no. I mean, Jimmy Butler is Jimmy Butler, but after that, I'm not so much worried about Bam. I know Bam was the boogeyman back in um, 2020, but now that, that we have – in the bubble. Now that Rob Williams has ascended to where he's at and we have Al Horford, I'm not so worried about Bam torching Daniel Tice. Hopefully Daniel Tice isn't playing too many minutes. Um, yeah, but Al, Al, we have Al this time to guard him. Right, that's, I, yeah, I, like I, I mentioned, maybe. we have Al. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, uh, Al, go ahead. Uh, and also, they, like, they don't, they're missing Kyle Lowry game one. Kyle Lowry's out, was ruled out for game one. So that's a big win for the Celtics. 
Um, they can't let the Celtics killer from, from the bubble, Tyler Hero, kill us. Like, he's a guy they got to contain because you know he can get hot. Sixth man of the year, I think he can get hot. Uh, and they got to, they gotta like, Victor Oladipo is a guy that can go off at any moment. I know he's been cold of late, but they really got to contain him too because he's a guy that could really, like, pop out of nowhere. He's coming off the bench, but remember, just a few short years ago, he was the man in um, – in uh indiana and then in okc so um they have a deep team but it's all guys that there's no i think one jimmy butler is probably the star of that team 100 percent. but jason tatum is the best player in the series so yeah they're the best player in the series jalen brown is i think equal to jimmy butler maybe a maybe slightly below but i'd argue i'd die on the hill of you know, yeah, no, I think same, if you same... I think if you line up these uh I think if you line up these rosters, we we should have the edge. Yeah. And you got the defensive player of the year. Now I heard he's he he injured something in his foot in game seven. Marcus Mark got an injury and he's questionable for game one. He's definitely gonna play. I don't think there's any doubt that he'll play, but you need him, especially with these guard heavy guard heavy um lineup, you need him to lock up one of you know jimmy jimmy probably he'll be on jimmy uh but jimmy and um i guess hero um but yeah i'm excited i think this team has a real shot to win it all and i wrote it down in the notes how hard is this i mean they got one of the hardest title runs to go through to win to win an nba finals like first round who do you get to play you get to play Kevin Durant, who's one of the best scorers of all time. Yeah, Kyrie Irving is one of the best ball handlers of all time. And you sweep them. Like, but that's a like, that's a hard matchup. You got two guys that are really talented. Next round, you got the best player in the league. Granted, he's missing, you know, Chris Middleton, but you got the best player in the league. That's a tough draw. Yeah, the defending defending champs. Defending champs. Next round, you got the one seed and you know, a pretty deep lineup. I mean, they've earned this. They've earned this run. And if they can beat the Miami Heat, who I kind of secretly wanted, I know I, we've said 76ers, but I want I want redemption. I want vengeance on that bubble loss to Miami. I want to beat them so bad. I know Eric Spolstrom is your favorite coach of all time, but I really want to beat them. And I can't wait that they would they go with split. I think they're gonna end up splitting in Miami. And then they're going to take this in six games. I really do. I think this is going to be a Celtics in six. Yeah, Celtics in six. I think um, all things considered, I'm fe- I'm feeling pretty confident in the series. Um, the bubble was the bubble. It's two years later now. Jason Tatum's two years more into his prime. Brown's two more years into his time. We have a completely different Robert Williams now. The bench is so much deeper than it used to be. I think... I, I, dude, it would be such a disappointment if we didn't make it to the finals. This, this, this is, this is the year. This is the year. I agree. This is the year. If this is the, this, if there's any year you're going to have a shot to win a title, I think this is, this is the time. Yeah. Considering the midseason turnaround, Al Horford is playing out of his mind. Derek White's playing out of his mind. You pushed all the right buttons. For the most part, everyone made it out unscathed. I know Robert Williams got hurt, but for the most part, he made it out unscathed. 
everything's just clicking. Everyone's everything's working. Ime in his first year is working. Brad in his first year as a GM is working. Man, I, it, I, it would be it would be a huge waste if they don't cash in on this. Yeah, and like this is the year. And if imagine if they win the NBA championship, or even make, like they got to make it to the finals. But they make the finals and they they win, or they make it to the finals of the good series. You still can add one more piece, and that's just a big selling feature. Come to this team that's an NBA championship contender team, and that's going to help. Like I said, we've been saying this whole year. The reason for this year is, I think, the grand scheme, the grand plan is to woo uh, Bradley Beal over to your team. And if they can get Bradley Beal on this already championship caliber roster, I think it's a. I think this is now your. This is your league to lose. That's a that is a ruthless years. team, man. If we have Bradley Beal, that is a ruthless team. And you got the trade ex, uh, trade um, trade exception. Yep. Uh, for Evan Fournier that you can use this offseason. I saw a rumor because there's another team that may be looking to blow it up or maybe do some do some trading and, you know, try to get some cap space and stuff like that. Judging by Brad's track record, he loves bringing guys back. I wouldn't be surprised if they use the trade exception and bring back another role player that we used to have, Jake Crowder. That's what I heard rumor on the street is they have the trade exception that matches pretty much with Jake Crowder. They could bring him back as to just make the bench even deeper and, Brad loves Jake Crowder, so I wouldn't be surprised if they bring him back. Get the whole band back together. At that point, you have to bring back IT, I think. Right? <laughs> I think you have. Even if he's on the he's a coach on the sideline. Avery Bradley, bring him back to finish his career in Boston. Give, uh, at whatever point, just give Al the um the Haslam contract so he can just chill out and hang yeah. out. I mean, that's going to be an interesting, like people, like the way he's been playing, he's going to earn himself a decent contract for next year. Does he stay in Boston or do you think he goes somewhere else? He does what he did a couple of years I ago. Mean, goes, he, he came back around this time. So we'll have to see if he wants to move on again. Yeah. I think he stay. Everyone's saying he's going to go get a big contract. I don't, I don't think he will get a huge contract because of his age, but uh, I think he'll get a decent, like, you know, a, like a role player fifth starter contract couple of years. And I think he's going to end up staying in Boston. I think he loves Boston. He wants to, especially if they win a championship winning just solves everything. And they're going to want to like, you want to stay like uh, Bobby Portis last year, he ended up staying in Milwaukee after they won the championship. And I think it's solely because they won and he like, he's in his, you know, I don't know. Winning solves everything. So you right, want to stay right. where you, where you're winning. Um, I mentioned that they had, this is one of the hardest roads to the championship. I was thinking at the Warriors road, and we'll talk about their win over the Grizzlies. How easy is their draw this, this series? They get to play the Nuggets with just Joker. They get to play the Grizzlies without Ja for most of the series. And now they get to play the Mavs with just Luca. And I get the Mavs are playing really good, but on paper, the Suns are a fair, by far a better team. They just, Chris Paul decided, really showed his age, and Devin Booker didn't show up. So 
I, I think the war, I mean, you, the war, you can only play the team in front of you. So they're, they're benefiting from it. But when I look at these two teams, which I think is going to be the NBA finals matchup, I mean, t- talk about a tale of two, two roads to the finals. It's like you, and now the, even this, in this con in this, in the Eastern conference finals, you got to play the Miami heat with the one seed and they have, you know, a very deep team. So uh, I, I, I don't know if you agree or disagree, but I, I just think it was, I mean, I looking at that road to the finals, it's like the war is just locked out. Yeah. I mean, it, it was disappointing that the nuggets just kind of didn't put up much of a fight, go down in five games. Um, Grizzly obviously gave him a, gave him a little bit better of a series, but again, they go down in six. We'll have to find out what the, Ma- the, the Mavericks are hot, man. So maybe they, are able to crack the code and find a way past them, but you're not wrong. A couple of disappointing series. The Suns completely wasted their season, man. That was a complete waste of a season. They only lose 18 games and they don't even make it to the conference finals. Um, I I have faith that Luca will be able to make this a series. Do I think the Mavs will be able to take it? No, because I think the Warriors are destined to meet the Celtics in the finals, but in terms of their path there, I mean, you're not wrong. The, the Nuggets kind of laid an egg, and the Grizzlies kind of – they pushed it, but they didn't push it enough. So, Yeah, I mean, the Nuggets the Nuggets were just injury-ridden. They have no Jabal Murray, no Michael Porter Jr. Uh, they, they just have Joker, and they need Joker to just kind of carry the load, and he can't, he can't do that. He's not that kind of player. He's not a, he's not a guy that's going to score 40 points, which – I mean, I don't know. It's some people like him because of his passing, but I, sometimes he passes the ball way too much. Um, and then you're right. The the Grizzly series was a good series, but then when Ja got hurt, it was totally different. They had no shot in winning that series, and it kind of ruined it for me because I thought I think with Ja that would have been a seven game series, and then they're in they're in uh, Memphis for Game Seven. Who's to say they don't win in seven? Like, are they home court advantage? But without once jaw went down, it's easy. And then you're right, a total waste of a season for the Suns. There's like a it's and that like, window is not getting any bigger. It's I think it's closed, to be honest with you. I don't think it's you can kind of reopen it again by doing like re-signing Aiton, adding some youth to the team. Uh, figure it out what you're going to do with Chris Paul. Um, but you can't, I hate do you to think say it you, works if you replace Chris Paul. I don't know who you replace the player. him with. I, I don't know who you would replace him with either, but depending on the player, I think you can make it work. I think the, they need to go pay DeAndre Ayton because I think he's a legit star in this league. Um, but they need a point guard, they need everything worked when they had a scoring point, like scoring and passing point guard. Um, and that's, that's what the, they need. Someone that's below the age of 37. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, you can't have your, you can't have what's one of your top three players be 37 years old. That's not named LeBron James. Like you can't, you can't do that. So Maybe they replace Chris Paul. Maybe they keep Chris Paul, but get an insurance policy and have him, Chris Paul, maybe come off the bench. Maybe Chris Paul 
you don't have him come off the bench. You have him start, but you have that guy that's ready to just take his spot if Chris Paul continues this next year. But I I would say if they add certain like if they add another point guard that's really like a star, I think their window opens up again because I think Devin Booker is a special scorer. He can't carry a team, but he's a good scorer, and I think DeAndre Ayton's a legit big man. So it's if they keep this roster the same, I think it's close. But if they if they add and try to get some good young pieces to add to the, the that core of those two core players, I think they could be a really solid team. And like a chance, I think they could be back to a championship contender because they have the coach, they have two stars, they need that one more. So, um. Let's let's look at when we're because we kind of start hinted at it. So uh, we talked about last week. Heat Heat win the series against the 76ers. I think they were like going into game six from before the pod last week. So Heat closed it out four two against the 76ers. Um, Warriors beat the Grizzlies as we talked about. No John Morant four two and then. I don't know about you, but I was shocked at this game. You have game seven in Phoenix. Everyone's thinking it's going to be a close game. Chris Paul has been off his game. Everyone's saying this is the game he kind of shakes it off, even though he's had a bad luck. He's, he's been really bad in game sevens. And the Mavs absolutely roll the side. Like, it wasn't even close from the tip. It wasn't even close. No, the, game. The, Suns, the Suns never had a chance. Were you surprised that it was just an absolute? I was surprised. Banking? I didn't. I didn't think it was going to be an absolute formality that the Mavs were going to win Game Seven. But I mean, shit, man, the the Suns didn't even get off the bus. That was crazy. Um, they blow a three-two lead, just like the Bucks. They had everything in the palm of their hand. Game Six, they lose by twenty-three, and before you know it, they're getting blown out in Game Seven. So. Again, just a completely just a huge disappointing season for the for the Suns. I don't know. I really don't know where they go from here. That's that's the whole thing. Is last year it was all right. They got to the finals. They can build off of that. There's not really much to build off of here. I mean, they 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 shit the bed. They really did. It was like it was it was it wasn't even close. Like they totally blew it. They blew it. Uh, and they they start out the series 2-0. How do you, you blow a 2-0 lead? The they Mavs come go home. You know, they the they tie it up, they win two straight games, Suns win their home game, Mavs win their home game, and then everyone all signs point to the Suns beating them on their home court. But you're right, the last two games haven't been close. They got blown out. And it's interesting because the Suns blew them out in game five, 110 to 80. So uh, so I was thinking like maybe at home they have a shot, but uh, they lose 123 to 90 in game seven. It's just embarrassing. And you're right. I don't know where they go from here. Like, I don't, I don't know how this team rebound rebounds from that. And they need to do some serious uh, soul searching some serious adding uh, GM's going to put in some work this off season and try to add some pieces. Um, Cause they could be in trouble next year. I, I, this isn't the same team that only lost 18 games in the regular season that finished the series, like finished the season. 
This isn't the same game that won 64 games. So they got to figure it out. I think the Grizzlies are probably going to be the best team in the Western Conference next year. Um, just based on the youth and the talent they have on that team. Um, and I think they're going to, I think Suns are going to take a huge step back next year. Yeah, that wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, and another team that I, I'm predicting now, they'll, I think they're going to make it to the NBA Finals. But I think the Warriors, you're going to see that big step back next year too. Wow, okay. I think Steph's not getting any younger. I think Clay's not getting any younger. Draymond's just going to keep complaining until he retires. And then they're going to be left with Jordan Poole. So, listen, like I said, this team – got an easy road to the finals. They had to be a depleted Nuggets team, a depleted uh, Memphis team, and they're going to play, basically have to play four, I guess you could say five, but I'm going to say four on one against Luka for the Western Conference Championship. Call me, call me crazy. Like, I, I think they, I, I think this is, uh, I think this is an easy road for the Warriors. And like I said, they're not getting any younger. The uh, the Grizzlies are getting – they're still young. Uh, the Mavs are just going to continue to get better. Um, the Nuggets are going to get all their pieces back from health. Timberwolves are taking a huge step back. I don't think the Warriors are going to fall as much as the Suns. But they're going to – I mean, they were a three seed this year, so maybe they'll be a three seed next year. But I could see them being a three, four seed, maybe even a five seed next year. But with that said, I think the I think the Warriors win this series against the Mavs. I don't think it's yep. I don't think it's any question. I think it's going to be Celtics, Mavs, um, Celtics in six, and I'll say Warriors in. Eh. I'm going to say Warriors in six too. Yeah, I think Warriors in six. I think Luca can get you a game on his home, a couple games on his home court. It's tough to play in Dallas, man. That's a tough place to play. Uh, and let me say this. If the Mavericks get to the finals, that's going to be a magical, like, atmosphere in Dallas. Like, that has a lot of uh, 2011 vibes. Like, the the beating the heat. Like, that that has a lot of, uh, lot of vibes to that. So, yeah. Uh, but that said, I think I'd rather play the Mavs, obviously, in the finals. But um, if that team gets the finals, man, that's going to be a danger, dangerous team. Um, so Celts, going Celts and six, Warriors and six. I think, I think that's what we both said. Uh, Sox. Let's move on to the Sox. Now, by the end of this, I'm going to go to my our Worcester correspondent because <laughs> I, I need his – I need his uh, – Opinion. They just called someone up too from Worcester. From Worcester. Uh, to Worcester. They just called up. Oh someone yeah, from Brian Bello. They promoted Brian Bello. Yeah. He's like the number one pitching prospect. Yeah, I think. he's coming up from Portland. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had a. He's like three and zero with a one point something ERA or something like that. He looks good. Um, but I'm going to call it on you because I have a couple guys that I have in mind, but I want to hear from you, the expert. They went three and two this week. So not not bad, but not good enough if they want to start making a dent in this AL East and start claiming the ranks. Um, once again, 
you know, it's the same, same story. The bats are cold. Brian Brager's throwing, Ryan Brager's throwing games, blowing games, not throwing, blowing games. Uh, what can you say about this team? Cause I, I'm really at a loss for words. It's the same. I feel like a broken record saying the same things, but uh, what do you have to say? Like, what do they have to do? Yeah. They're kind of just stuck, man. I, it's one, two steps forward, one step back. Every time it seems they're turning a corner, they give it right back away. I mean, it was good that they won the series, but disappointing that game three just turns into an absolute blowout. Uh, we say it every week. You just got to keep chipping away, see if they can turn it around. Um, but it, I mean, they're in a rain delay right now, 2-2 with Houston. You're still eight games under 500. So you have to go on some sort of run just to get to back to 500. And then when you get to 500, I can't even imagine what you would have to do to kind of get back into contention. As the standings are right now, you're 12 back. Uh, in terms of the wild card, you're four and a half back. So I guess that's still in play. But you got to go around at some point. It's mid-May. There's still plenty of time, but we can say that for the next four weeks. And then all of a sudden it's mid-June, and then it's mid-July, and then all of a sudden it's the All-Star break, and if they're still where are where they are, they're not going anywhere. So you just got to hope something clicks. Maybe it's the bats getting hot. Maybe it's the bullpen coming together. Maybe it's guys from Worcester coming up. But right now they're definitely just kind of treading water until something either completely falls apart or goes the other direction and they start winning games. Yeah, I here's my positive. There's no way – with this lineup, and if I if we go this whole season and it doesn't turn the corner, then you gotta just say I don't know what happened. But in my mind, there is no way this lineup stays as cold as it is the entire season. At some point, something's gotta click, and there's no way that your offense doesn't pick up with you know. I mean, Devers is doing his thing; he's doing everything he can to help you win games. Bogey's doing everything he can to help you win games. You can throw um, JD in there. He's trying to do everything he can. Those three are are the only one, you know, they have batting averages well into the 300s. And when you have three guys that are batting as high as they are, you would think you'd be, have more than four wins on the season. So there's no way Trevor story is going to be continue to be this cold. I don't think. Uh, Verdugo's got to find his way. I think he'll, he'll find it. You know what I mean? He's, he's too good of a hitter not to find it. I think he'll, I think he'll, those two guys will pick it up. I think Kike will start to get hot. So I think the bats are going to come like that's, that's the good thing. The bad thing is we don't have depth in the bullpen. Starters are actually doing pretty well, but the starters in the grand scheme of things are shaky, but our, Number one problem has been our number one problem for the last two years, and it's our bullpen depth. We don't have a set closer that's nails. We don't have a setup guy that's nails, and we don't have a guy that come in in the sixth, seventh inning that's going to help us get to get to our back end of the bullpen. It's duct taped. It's a duct taped together back end of the bullpen, and that needs to change. We need to go get a closer. We need to go get a setup guy that we can trust the ninth and the eighth inning too, because right now there's no one. So last week we kind of talked about it and, you know, I, I said the one concern I have about bringing up some of these guys is that you're pretty much admitting that you're giving up on them. 
for bringing up youth guys. There's a couple guys I think I'm ready to do that with. One of them is Brazier. I think Brazier's kind of, we've talked about it off and on. He's shown flashes this year, but I just don't think he's that good. I think it's time for that to end. And um, I really want to see one of our youth come up and start pitching for this bullpen or go out and find someone. But for right now, I want to see what some of these youth, uh, some of these younger pitchers can do. Um, I have a couple of guys in mind that I'd like to see up with the big club, but is there anyone in Worcester that you think would be a good arm to bring up to Boston in the bullpen? Well, I mean, just an arm. Like, I mean, they're looking to move Tanner Hout to the, it looks like move Tanner Hout to the bullpen. So maybe you bring in another starter, uh, just a, just an arm. Who do you think is a good arm? To I'd up? go with Connor Siebold. I mean, the dude, it's been absolute child's play for him this year so far in AAA. Um, they haven't been letting him go too long in his starts, but when he's in there, man, he is just untouchable. Connor Siebold is absolutely nails down here. Um, they gave him a, a cup of coffee last year, so they, they kind of have an idea for what his work is. So I think if you ask me right now who's the most ready, it's Connor Siebold. Josh Winkowski is kind of in that conversation, but again, they're, they're only letting him go maybe two or three innings here and there. So they're not giving him a huge sample size, but Connor Siebold, you have Josh Winkowski fellows aren't going to be ready until next year. He's going to start getting his triple A reps now. Um, other than that, uh, uh, unfortunately, Worcester's bullpen isn't looking too hot right now either. Um, Caleb Ort hasn't really found the magic he had last season. He was lights out last season. He's kind of struggling right now. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of good re- relievers right now in the, in the farm system, as far as I can see from Worcester, but if you're looking for just a solid arm who could maybe just contribute right now, Connor Siebel's the guy. I'm glad you said that. Cause that was the guy I wanted to bring up is Connor Siebel. I think he, I think he can step in and fill Tanner Houck's starting position. Like you move Tanner to the bullpen, or even like you said, put make Connor your six, seven guy, like six, seventh inning guy, have him go two innings and then you get him to the back half of your bullpen. Cause if you can get your starter to go five, six innings, go Connor for two innings, put, um, and then maybe go Whitlock for an inning or two. That's like a nice solid, pitching map to the end of through a game they can't do that every night but i think that's a solid you know winning system to go or you go you know tanner Houck is your two winning guy bridge guy to get you to the back half of the bullpen i just think they need a better arm than ryan brazier um i think connor siebel will contribute immediately bringing him up and he's a guy that look he's one of your best pitchers in your farm system you got to find out what you have from him uh, so I wouldn't mind them bringing up Siebold uh, to pitch. I think Grom's too young. I I don't think Grom's ready. Um, or Groom, Grom. You know what I'm talking about, Jay yep. Grom? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's – I don't know if he. I would call him up, but I really like him too, uh, especially because he's a big lefty. But Connor Siebold's been doing it, for, especially this year, for two years. So um, that's what I lean towards. The other guy I want to bring up on the offensive side is I want to make Duran an everyday player. I want to move, you know, Kike in center, put Verdugo in left, and put Duran in right. I want to see how this can go for a couple weeks span. You know, give him off days, but I want to see how he does as an everyday player because he is one of your best um, 
farm guys. This guy we were talking about being the best guy in your farm system a year ago before he got called up, and then he did nothing. He comes up and hits a triple in his first game, and then he gets sent right back down. I think they need to give this guy a shot. I love Jackie Bradley Jr., but I'm not ready to say he's my everyday guy. Um, and maybe Duran is a spark this offense needs. I don't know. But you won't know until you try. I was just do, basing this on who's on the 40-man already. And, you know, I think everyone thinks Cassis is the bona fide guy bring up. But Cassis isn't on your 40-man. As far as I know, I don't think he's on the 40-man. So looking at guys that are on the 40-man right now, and of course they could add him and DFA someone and, you know, everything's fixed. But of players on the 40-man right now, I think Duran is the number one guy that I would bring up and try to make him an everyday starter because I love Jackie, but I want to see what this kid can do. I agree with giving him a shot from what I've seen so far. It seems that he's made an adjustment to go for more contact rather than power. I mean, last year he was destroying baseballs. Um, this year he's definitely going for more contact. Um, just a couple of games I've seen. He's always threatening for a cycle, whether it's, you know, lugging out a long triple or he's getting his doubles, he's getting his singles in um, definitely sacrifice a little bit of power for contact, but I don't know if he'll ever be, hotter than he is right now like if you're gonna pull if you're gonna pull the trigger it has to be now because you tried it last season it didn't work out that's fine but you have to find out if this is going to be someone you you're going to use moving forward or if this is someone you're going to move off of like michael chavis so i think it's either you know damned if you do damned if you don't if you don't he's just going to rot in triple a if you do you're going to find out if he has it or not so i i i agree with just Roll the dice, see what happens. And, I mean, Jackie, I love Jackie Bradley Jr. I think, you know, a lot of people give him a lot of extra hate than is deserved. But this isn't the Jackie of, you know, five years ago. It's a different Jackie. Duran is young. He is the future. And you need, like, when your team is four, what are they? They're four and uh, nine? No. What what is their uh, record? Who, the Red Sox? Yeah. 13 and 21. 13 and 21. When your team is 13 and 21, you need a spark. So maybe this young guy can help bring that spark. Maybe he, you know, legging out, going, you know, threatening for a cycle every game or hitting a a couple big doubles or triples in a game just gives you a spark. And you also got to see what you have. It's like how I talk about Chris Sale where, you know, he's, we don't know what Chris Sale we have because he hasn't played in two years. We got to know what we have in Jared Duran because everyone's hyping this kid up like, like Cassis. Everyone's hyping these two guys up. And you don't want to call them up to the big leagues when your team is struggling. Like, this is the time to call them up and see what they can do. Um, and I think Duran is the – I think I would be more willing to call up Duran to be put in the spotlight than Cassis right now. Um, just because he's on your 40 man, I think he can make an impact now. And I think it's, um, I think Cassis is a little bit later in the season. Is there any other hitter you would want to bring up beside Duran? Uh, Ryan Fitzgerald has been solid. Jeter Downs is starting to find a swing, but I wouldn't bring him up just yet. 
Yeah, I'd say I'd say Fitzgerald if it's not Duran. Yeah, the way I see it is like you need an outfielder or a first baseman. That's kind of where because you're not going to bring up a third baseman. You're not going to bring up a shortstop. You're not going to bring up a second baseman. Right. You know what I mean, you're pretty locked in at those positions. You don't really need a D like an extra hitter because you have JD at DH. So you kind of like Jackie's spot is up for grabs and Bobby's spot is up for grabs is the way I see it. So um, my two guys are Connor Siebold and Jaron Duran. Like that's who I want to see them call up. Kind of get rid of uh, Ryan Brazier, send him down to DFA him. And then as far as, you know, getting a hitter, you know, sending down – I don't know who they do, but I, I just want to see Duran up there. Who's the guy that they called up that uh, was in the minors that actually hasn't been doing that bad? It's a big league. I forget who that – he was on AAA. Who's one of your boys? Aruz? Not Aruz. Outfielder. Ref Snyder? No. I, I, I don't know, unfortunately. Man, come on. My mind is going. I'm getting too old. I, I forget. Franchi. Oh, yeah. Fran- I mean, yeah, Franchi's been solid. Yeah. So it's like either you call, you send down well, that's Franchi. A guy, that's a guy who looks like he's going to be in the same kind of territory as Duran. If He might just be stuck in that purgatory of too good for AAA, but may not be good enough to stick around in the majors. Yeah. So I don't know. They gotta they gotta make a decision. I I'd like to see Duran get some reps at the up in the big league club because they need some. They need a they need a spark. Um, but moving on, let's move on. Uh, some sad news. Um, Bruins lose in Game Seven. Had an amazing Game Six to get it back to seven. Um, uh, just couldn't close it out at home. It was close. I watched I watched the uh, third period of that game and it was. It was just they were right there, and then when they got that second goal to make it like with like forty seconds left or twenty seconds left, I thought they had a you know, are they really going to do it? And they had a really good chance. They missed a couple good chances late in that game. Um, one was the missed, um, the one that just it was a breakaway and it bounced off. Uh, who's who was it? Someone's puck, uh, someone's stick. Uh, it was like a two on one, and it was wide wide open. And you just had too hard of a pass and then at the end of that game where you're just kind of in desperation mode uh, it was just like inches like the pass went by him so uh but general reactions what do you think about the bruins um you know the series and losing in seven and like the state of their state of the bruins right now it was a good seat it was a good season overall um they definitely were a wild card team. They weren't like this far and away best team in the league by any stretch of the imagination. Um, gritty team kind of had to gut their way through the season. Uh, as far as the series went, great series. I mean, any any series that goes seven is is good, exciting. Um, frustrating that they couldn't get a single road win. It, it, it just it hurts knowing that. They played so well at TD Garden that as soon as it went back to North Carolina, it was pretty much curtains if we're looking at it in hindsight now. So it it's just disappointing that they just couldn't pull it out. It's disappointing that they were just 
two different teams in this series. There was the Bruins on the road and the Bruins at home. But that's why you have to be good in in the regular season so you can get home ice, and maybe it goes differently if they had home ice. So um, I know a lot's being made of where Patrice Bergeron's going to go. From what I saw today, he doesn't have any intentions of wanting to go anywhere else. So bring Bergey back, bring Marshan back. Going to have to retool every now and then. But I think keep this core of of uh, Marshawn and Bergeron together. Dink and dunk with roll guys. See what you have to put together for roll guys and see what we can do next year. So it's disappointing that they couldn't keep it together. I, it's always good when the Bruins and the Celtics are kind of running through the playoffs hand in hand, but that's what it, it is what it is. I mean, when we looked at this team a couple months ago, it was like they were on the very – like. They were on the bubble of making the playoffs. They, like you said, they're they're a wild card team. So, you know, they had to, you know, play well down the stretch to make the playoffs, and they did. Uh, like you said, it was two different teams on the road versus at home. I mean, at home they were winning like five to two. Like, and on the road they had to scrape to get a cup, like a goal or two. So, uh, tale of two different teams. Uh, I don't think Bergeron will leave. If anything, he'll retire, which I don't think he's ready to retire. Um, I don't think the Bruins will let him go. They shouldn't let him go. So, you know, build with the core of Pasta, Bergy, uh, Marshan, you know, go with that core group and uh, see if they can add some guys because um, the window's closing on the Bergy and Marshan like window because those guys aren't getting any younger. And they really need to add some, uh, try to take advantage of the years they have left with those guys. Um, I wrote this down on sports related, but I had to mention it. Have you seen Dr. Strange? I have not. Are you a Marvel guy? I'm a Marvel guy, but I kind of called it a day after Endgame. Really? Yeah. No Spider-Man? No, I'm, watch- not a, I'm not a Spider-Man fan. Oh my goodness. Spider-Man No Way Home may be my one of my favorite Marvel movies of all time. Maybe one of the best Marvel movies ever made. Uh, Never really got into the spider guy. Goddamn. Uh, but I saw Doctor Strange. It was very good. It uh, wasn't as good as I thought it was. I, you know, I was hyping it up. A lot of people said that it was absolutely awful, but I, I didn't think it was awful. Um, that was like a solid Marvel movie. It wasn't my favorite. It wasn't my least favorite, but... Uh, Big, big uh, Marvel guy. So I had to get give Dr. Strange a little bit of a shout out. Um, before the game tomorrow, we have the draft lottery. Doesn't really mean much for the Celtics. They don't even have a first round pick this year. Um, any guesses who you think the number one pick is going to go? Or you think it's going to be any shenanigans going on where, I mean, Houston is supposed to have the biggest odds to get it, but do you think there's any shenanigans where they fall out of the one I, first pick? I... I was just looking at those odds. Hold on. Give me one second. Um, they have they, stupid odds of getting the five. They almost have the 50. They almost have the 50% shot of getting the five pick. Houston? Yeah. 47, 47.9% of getting the five. How come they have such a high odd to get the five pick? I have no idea. Well, didn't they have the worst record in the NBA? I'm I'm just relaying the information. I'm no, no, at. no, I, no. I I I'm looking at. I think I'm looking at the same thing too. I was. I'm just kind of shocked. Uh, let me see. Standings. 
Houston went 20 and 62. Yeah, I don't see that doesn't make sense to me. I feel like they should have the highest odds to get the one pick. I don't know if they changed something that or or maybe they have the highest odds to be within the top five. Is that what that means? I I couldn't tell you, unfortunately. So the top three picks all have the same odds to get the the three worst teams have the top, same odds to get the one seed. Is that correct? The one pick, the first pick. Is that correct? Um I wish I knew this more. I, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. From what I'm looking at, the top three all have a 14% chance of getting the one. Getting the one. Uh, OKC at four has a 12 and a half. Five, the Pacers have 10 and a half. And then it's nine, seven and a half, six, four and a half, three, two, one and a half, one. And then the Cavs have a 0.5% chance of getting the one. I have a feeling that Orlando is going to get the one seat, one pick, first pick. I have a sneaky feeling. I don't know why. Can't tell you what it is. My gut's going to go with Detroit getting it. You think Detroit's going to get it? I was looking at Detroit, but I was like, I feel like there's always some shenanigans going on with this with this draft lottery, and I don't think they like Detroit. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. I think they're going to have a top three pick, but I. I Something about it. I don't know. I, the draft lottery is so fixed, I feel. And, and one more thing before we get to the people's topic, uh, something worth noting. We had MLB history made the other night. Albert Pujols becomes the second player to have 600 bombs and pitch in, in his career. Did you see who the other person was? Yeah, yeah. I, babe. I did not know that. Isn't that – that was a wild statistic. Do you think they know this stuff before they do it? Or do you think it was like Albert was like, no, I, I think they just kind of, I think they just kind of tossed him in. And then after the fact, I'm sure that's just a crazy company to be in. He gave up two bombs. So I, I guess he can't, can't say it wasn't, didn't come out like Brock Holt would dominate in his pitching. Performance, uh, you but. know, he did what he could. Yeah. Uh, but that's pretty cool. I, I didn't know that until, um, Unless I saw the post later. Uh, but let's move on. Let's get to our final segment of the night, the People's Topic. It's the People's Topic, baby! People's Topic. So for People's Topic, you write it on our Instagram and Twitter page, at Big Red Zone. Give us a comment, topic, whatever you want us to talk about. First up, David Griffin says Bruins. Um, tough loss for the Bruins, but I want to talk more about Dave Griffin coming out making. He has two career double A starts. Go Dave Griffin! Big moves from Dave Griffin. Uh, Ed Ed Fitz says, "What are the Celtics' chances moving forward?" I'd say high. It's going to be a tough series. Don't lose faith if they lose a game, hit, drop a game in there. I think it's going to be another long series. So, but I think the chances are high. No page this week. Sad. Usually we got a good question. I guess Paige doesn't want to play me in tennis, so that's probably why she's not right away. I can't grip a racket right now, Paige, so now's your chance. Uh, <laughs> Joseph underscore Celia, he has got a good one here. He said he already asked this one, but I want to hear your thoughts. I think this was um, asked last year. Who's your surprise NFL team this year? 
Um, Chargers. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I if the, any, I think the Chargers will get in the playoffs and make some noise. I mean, if any year they're going to do it, this is the year. To, I mean, they got to pop sometime, you know. Um, I hope they do because I, I really like, um, I really like Joey Burrow. So I, I'm not Joey. Sorry, not Joey Burrow. Um, what's his name? Uh, Herbert. I got two. Okay. One one's going to be a total hot take. And the other ones I think is pretty under pretty um i think it's pretty um you know i can see this happening i think one of the surprise team is going to be the um pittsburgh steelers because they're kind of going through a rebuild here they got drafted a lot of guys on offense that i really like i like the uh, pickens uh i like Pickett. um you know coming off there you know it's kind of you know they're coming off a wild card appearance but it's a totally different ball game you lose ben they got a new young running back they got young wide receivers they got a young quarterback uh offensive line had some guys retire so you know they're kind of rebuilding this team as they go and i think they're going to be just as successful this year um i just thought of this one after the schedule i don't know what changed coming out with seeing the schedule, I think the Pats may surprise me a little bit. I think they may win a couple more games than I thought they were going to win, but that's not the team I thought. Here's my wild card team that I think put it on the board, write it down. will make some noise this year. The Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they're going to be, yeah. Hot take. I think they're going to have a way more and a way better year this year. Um, I think, you know, we always talk about the second year jump for quarterbacks. I think um, Lawrence takes the jump. They added Christian Kirk. Um, they have a couple other guys. They added uh, Evan Ingram, if he can stay healthy. You know, they have some nice, solid pieces in there. Uh, they just got a whole, you know, the coaching thing, you know, they're, they have the off-field antics that is the problem. And Looking at their schedule, I mean, they play, you know, the Titans. Who knows how, how knows uh, who knows how they're going to be? They play the Texans, Jets, uh, Lions. Like they have a lot of winnable games in their schedule. Um, and looking at their their division, I mean, you got the Titans. Like I mentioned, you don't know how they're going to be. They got a lot of. I think they got a lot of uh, drama going on with the quarterback room. You got the Indianapolis Colts, which, you know, they just traded away Carson Wentz. They got Matt, Matty Ice, but who knows how that team's going to be. They got the Texans, which we know are a mess. So who knows? I mean, the Texans are wins that they can get. I mean, I think they can, depending on how Indy does in the preseason or, you know, as, as we get closer. Hot take, but you could see the Jacksonville Jaguars take a step in the right direction this year. I like that take. Uh, thank you. I saw that today. I, well, I saw that looking at the standings from last year, three and 14. I wouldn't be surprised if that evens off a little bit. 
I also am a little biased because I have tra- both Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk on my dynasty team. So I kind of need them to, need them to turn it around. I need them to, I need them to write the ship here for me. Um, this is two side questions from me. Do you think Denver's going to turn it around this year? I mean, you, you kind of got to expect it when they get Russell Wilson coming in. Uh, but, I mean, they're losing, they're probably losing Jerry Judy. So I'm not sure how that team's yeah. going to pan out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, even with Jerry Judy, I don't know how that team. I don't know. Like, I don't. The Especially Denver a loaded, It's a loaded AFC now. Yeah, the AFC West is probably the best division in football. They get the Raiders, which is like, I think that's going to be a, I mean, it's not really a surprise anymore because they, they got a really good team, but they're going to be good. Kansas City, obviously. Your pick, the Chargers, who I think they're going to be even better. Like, that's, I think that's a solid, like, that's probably the best division in football, I'd say. I'd argue. So, I don't know. Interesting choice, to say the least, from Russell Wilson saying, I want to go to Denver. Uh, that's yeah and also here's my other people's topic question for you Dave football what do we got who's the most annoying brother Giannis's brother or Jackson Mahomes oh god um Jackson Mahomes because at least Giannis's brother isn't doing TikTok dances on Sean Taylor's retired number so I'll 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 give Giannis's brother the edge but that dude is the most that dude is a glorified cheerleader if I've ever seen one (laughs) He is what you call a bona fide bench player. He just does nothing but cheer on the sidelines. Gets knows in the game. Knows he's never going to see the floor. He was a hardo in those final couple minutes playing. Like in, when we when he went when they went to the subs, Boone went to the subs like the throw in throw gate. Like kind of gave up on games a couple times this series. And when he did, he was just an absolute hardo at the end of those games. Like double teaming guys. It was like I, I understand you want to play hard to the end, but come on, that, that's ridiculous. No, that's more of a business decision on his part than the Bucks actually wanting to play hard. That's just right. him trying to be, you know, that guy. Yeah. So I guess you're right. I guess we'll give the edge to Jackson because, and also to give Giannis's brother credit, he is actually a professional athlete. Unlike Jackson Mahomes, it's just he's literally a cheerleader. Um, but it's it was close in the series, man. I was getting really... no. I mean, if Giannis isn't on the Bucks, I think that kid's in the G League. But that's yeah. just me. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you to everyone that wrote it up for our people's topic. Remember, you can write in each week uh, on our Instagram or Twitter page at Big Red Zone. Leave us a comment. Give us a follow. Whatever you want to talk about, uh, you can also find us. Remember on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, and please, please tell a friend about the pod. Uh, great week. Tomorrow is the day, Danny Football. Tomorrow is the day we have game one. Um, what's the uh, Tuesday, what? Thursday, Saturday are games uh, one through three? So we could be up 3 0 next time we talk. Let's and then I think positive. game four is on Monday. Oh my goodness. So we could have, we're going to have another possible, well, we definitely will we'll have another recording pod during the game. Another stressful day for <laughs> stressful pod for us. Game, you're right. Game four is definitely. Um, yeah, it's going to be Monday. Monday. So we'll live reactions again, I guess. Uh, but as always, thank you, Danny Football, for joining and have a great week, everyone.